and welcome to Fresh Press for October 27th, 2020. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about bone grooves and bone bones. Fuck. Bones? Bony bones? Um, just to quickly clarify, right off the bat, we're talking about skeletons, folks. Skeletons is the theme this week. I don't yes. know. Yes, skeletons. Or, yes, Andrew's favorite pronunciation, skeletons. Why, Andrew, are we... Is this the theme for the week? Because, ooh, Halloween was the yeah, title kinda... of last week's episode, so that couldn't be our theme this week. We kind of jumped the gun on that one, huh? Well, I mean, it was not our fault. We just turned out that all the music that we had had a lot of Halloween stuff in it. Definitely. I mean, it is October. Everybody should be in that Halloween spooky, scary mood. Mm-hmm. At least for four more days as of the release of this podcast. Yeah. But Halloween is on Saturday, so we figured we might as well celebrate a little bit early on this here podcast. Well, we certainly can't celebrate next week. Oh, why? Is there something happening next Tuesday? Jesus Christ. Look, <laughs> quick, let's do the music show so I don't feel so stressed. Oh, God. Okay, 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 okay. Andrew, I have to say, though, for such an autumnal theme, you didn't really stay within the season for this one. That's true, but I would argue that the sound, the sort of vibe of... Uh, the song and the artist in general is still pretty autumnal. This is Summer Skeletons by Radical Face. We were sunburned and shoeless kids Radical Face is Ben Cooper, who is from Jacksonville, Florida. I was leaving it open for you to do a Jason Mendoza style yell of some sort. Oh. <laughs> Are you still waiting? Oh, okay. No, no, I'm done now. I'm done waiting. You missed your chance. He uh, has been, he's done a, a variety of projects, but I think Radical Face is by far the most famous. Uh, the second most famous would be Electric President, which you might be familiar with, which is him and Alex Kane. But, I'm familiar um, with none of the above. Yeah, well, you're, you know, you only like the, the top 40 hits, so I, I don't expect you to know all this underground shit. Anyway, he's been in a variety of other projects and i just want to read the names of some of them not because you know them or i mean some of them you know the the music was never even released but uh it's just there's great names so helicopter project iron orchestra mother's basement uncle stiltskin and the clone project are some examples wow um i gotta say not great with the band names no you don't like uncle stiltskin i don't love uncle stiltskin it's uncle with a k does that make it better that makes it worse 
It's okay though, because the music makes up for the the deficiencies on the band name front. And also, Radical Face is pretty solid as a band he name. He did. So. He saw a flyer. It said Radical Face on it because it was. He later found out it was a flyer for a plastic surgeon that said Radical Facelift, but but it was like ripped, so it just said Radical Face. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I like Radical Face. Um, also, a cool sort of origin story for Ben Cooper is. Uh, when he was 19, he wanted to become a writer, and so he wrote two books. But um, the 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 way this story is written just says he did not back up his files, and the computer crashed. So he took it outside and smashed it with a hammer. It was this turn of events that Cooper started creating music for himself, which would eventually form into an unintended career, despite his original intentions. I don't know who wrote this sentence. Terrible, terrible writing. I imagine maybe his writing was better, but we'll never know because he did smash the computer with a hammer. So uh, the first Radical Face album came out in 2007? For real. He, he put out like an earlier album, like 2003, that was just sort of like online somewhere or not really fully released. But 2007 was Ghost, also a spooky album title. And that is that holds the song that you have probably heard, even if you do not know the name of the song or the, the artist behind it, it's called Welcome Home. And if you listen to this song, Summer Skeletons, you can kind of get the sort of trademark sounds of Radical Face that are perfectly exemplified in Welcome Home. But I'm not talking about Welcome Home. I'm talking about Summer Skeletons. Summer Skeletons is off of his 2013 album, The Family Tree, colon, The Branches which is the second in his trilogy of Family Tree albums. What are the subtitles of the other two Family Tree albums? The first one is The Roots, and the last one is The Leaves. Interesting. So we're just skipping Trunk altogether here? I think The Trunk would be a bad... If we're going to talk about bad names, I think the Family Tree The Trunk is bad. (laughs) You are correct. You're right. You're absolutely right. I take it all back. He also put out two um, or four, a whole bunch of little like EPs, companions that are sort of part of it, which are called The Bastards. It's like volumes one through four. He makes a lot of music. Anyway, the idea, the concept for these albums is a fictional family tree and sort of tracking a, a fictional family throughout the generations. That is a very literary style of making music. Like, this sounds like it could just have been a book that he wrote, and then he's like, well, I don't have the book anymore, so I guess I'll make them into songs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely. He specifically says a big, inf- like, an important book in his life and a big influence on the idea for this album is East of Eden, which is also a book that I love, but I a haven't book. written a big sort of multi-generational album series so I guess that's what separates me from Ben Cooper Summer Skeletons is narrated by Jim Northcote, who is the son of Timothy Northcote. 
this is meaningless to me also but okay. there's a whole book Good. that there's like a companion booklet that explains who each song is like narrated by and a little bit about what it's about and has some photographs and and other like pieces of writing and things that sort of fill out the story but this is as he says a simple song where he reminisces about himself and his best friend bailey on a summer day down near the lake i just think this is a really lovely song and it is very typical of radical face while still being very surprising i'm not like a radical face scholar as evidenced by the fact that i don't know who timothy northcote is but i remember being really into the album ghost and hearing bits and pieces of his music later on and so it was really nice to come back to this and especially now in the fall when the when it's starting to get chilly and the leaves are blowing i've always associated his sound with that time of year uh, even, again, even though this song is about literally about the summer, it still feels like autumn to me. No, I actually think that makes a lot of sense. And the song is more about reminiscing about the summer more than anything. Very true. Which is a very classically autumn activity to be engaging in. <laughs> true. Yeah. Some of the things that are typical of Radical Face, if this is the only Radical Face song you've ever heard, the rhythm section of this, I think that like whole percussion side of his music is very distinctive. So it's this beating, like every beat is, is strong sort of vibe to the song. He hits every downbeat hard and that gives it a sort of driving motion to it. And then the other thing that is immediately radical face to me, besides like, of course his voice is distinctive, but the other element that he adds is like hand claps they always it always has the most like folky sort of hand claps that I don't know how to describe but is very radical face to me. I don't know if you can understand what I mean by just hearing these hand claps, but all of his hand claps sound like that and it's very radical face. Let's just say that. Gabe, uh, from your theme pick this week, I can tell that you, for Halloween this year, are going as yourself. What? Uh, is this a Gabe song? This is trouble a very Gabe song. This is such a Gabe song. Actually, in retrospect, I'm looking at my notes, and one of the <laughs> one of the notes I have is like proto U two, which. <laughs> Should have been a tip-off, huh? <laughs> Would you say this song is rollicking, Gabe? Uh, listen, why don't I tell the listeners what the song is first? Fine. This song is titled Skeletons by The Sound off their 1981 record From the Lion's Mouth. Uh, 
yes, rollicking, perhaps. Um, the Sound were an English band um, based out of South London in the late 70s through the 80s. They consisted primarily of Adrian Borland, who is the lead vocalist, uh, Graham Bailey, Mike Dudley, and Colvin Myers. They garnered a fair amount of critical success as a band in the early 80s, but essentially no commercial success. Yeah, I've never heard of them, but I have heard of other sort of 60s, 70s bands with unimaginative names like The Band and The Beat. It is a little bit mind-blowing to me that this band got started in the 70s and they could still choose as a band name The Sound. It was just like that was a thing in the 70s. Like people were creative with band names before and then they were like postmodern with it and were like, we're the band. We're the beat. And just in America, they were like, well, we can just call them the English beat. Oh, man. Um, it's unusual to me because their sound is very characteristic of a specific style of music from the late 70s and early 80s that was heavily encompassed by bands like Joy Division. But this is like, oh, my God, you can hear the influence. <laughs> and then I think you 2 like ripped their sound right from the sound. Um, if people that like U2 like I do U2's third album is titled War and if you listen to the sound then you go listen to that album which came out in like 84 or something um, you'll immediately hear the resemblance Um, it's kind of striking so yes I suppose Gabe music Yeah. but I like post-punk in general you know with that like super rhythmic style of guitars and and the bass yeah, and especially in the modern context, right? Like LCD sound system, of course. Um, anyway, so this is off the record the li- from The Lion's Mouth, which um, doesn't have an apostrophe in it because it's taken from a painting called Daniel in the Lion's Den that also didn't have an mm. apostrophe on it. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know what the deal is with all this dropped punctuation, but... It's like Finnegan's Wake. The most striking part of this song to me, Andrew, is the section towards like the end of the song where the vocals get chopped up. But in like this, this is the first time anybody's done this sort of way. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> like It's like, it feels very crudely chopped up, but it, it works with the style. But it, it does sort of feel like somebody was just like hitting the mute button in the studio and then unmuting it. And then the other major aspect of the song is the lyrics, which, you know, obviously fits in with these chopped up bo- vocals. Describe, you know, like, they're using skeletons as a metaphor for, you know, emptiness of life and just, like, mm-hmm. there's no point to anything and, you know, uh, no flesh, no blood. Yeah, why bother naming bone. your band something interesting when there's no point and no meaning in life? Sure, right. Yeah, definitely. That's the one. I guess I just find it shocking that this band never really got any attention. You know, they were signed to a real label. They were like an English band. And this is the time when this music was particularly big in the UK. Um, And there are other bands that sound a lot like it um, who they influenced and were influenced by, but just totally slipped through the cracks. Which, um, Andrew, like another band that was slightly earlier than this that we talked about that also sort of fits the theme well is um, Death. 
Yeah, death. Yeah, death. These really great. These great bands from the seventies and eighties that made yeah really good music, and I've never heard of them. Nobody I know has heard of them. I guess I don't hang out with a lot of fifty-year-olds, so maybe that's part of it. But still, <laughs> but still. So, Andrew, despite the theme being something spooky, you decided to bring that spooky vibe straight over to your new song as well. I did, but this with a little more meat on its bones. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. This is Zombie Girl by Adrian Lenker. start indeed so well andrew uh, who's adrian lenker okay adrian lenker is a is an american singer songwriter (laughs) she is (laughs) the lead she's a front woman of the band big thief which is an incredible band and she also makes a lot of music uh that she puts out under her own name that is also incredible and she does all of that constantly, more than is humanly possible. They put out it Pig Thief put absurd. out two albums last year. Wait, did when did Abyss Kiss come out? Um, that was no, that was twenty eighteen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Big Thief put out two albums last year, and she's just put out two albums this weekend um, that are paired together. But still, still. That's a lot. I mean, it's and like she put out an hour and she put out a solo minutes. album in 2018. Like she, she's just like an album every year of incredible songs. I was gonna say we dismissed Abyss Kiss coming out in 2018. Like, oh yeah, that was a whole yeah. year before. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, Abyss Kiss. Wait, hold on. Abyss Kiss came out in 2018. Capacity by Big Thief came out in 2017. Masterpiece by Big Thief came out in 2016. It's bonkers. It, it's also crazy because all of them are like widely critically acclaimed. And just excellent, excellent music. Yeah. Like, there are bands that put out a lot of music that I think, like, you know, can be hit or miss. Uh, another band that put out an album this week that was really good was the Mountain Goats. But, like, there's, and the Mountain Goats are very prolific, but there's some Mountain Goats albums that I'm like, I don't get this. That has not been true with a single release from Adrian Lenker in the last, like, three years. So, this is. This song, Zombie Girl, comes off of the second of the two albums entitled Songs, the first one being Instrumentals. I just, it was it was really hard to pick a song from this, but it came down between Zombie Girl and the song that comes right after Zombie Girl, which is not a lot, just forever, just because they kept, I kept just listening to the two of them in a row over and over and just being so so sad and, and moved. And I'll get to why I ended up picking Zombie Girl, but I want to give a little more background on this album and the way it was recorded. It was 
all recorded this spring and early summer. She uh, was in a cabin in the in the foothills of the Berkshires and um, with like one person who was like doing the recording, Phil Weintrobe, and she just recorded all of this music. They recorded most of it analog. Um, if you listen to the album Instrumentals, which is also really lovely, it's just sort of improvisation and in both albums there's a lot of i was gonna say room sound but by that i mean nature sound there's a bunch of birds and stuff just sort of cabin sound uh it's it's just so beautiful and i think apparently they record it with a binaural microphone so but then into like a tape recorder (laughs) so it really feels like you are there with her in the cabin listening to this especially if you listen to it on headphones which i we always recommend but uh, occasionally we super recommend it. And this, I would super recommend it for. It's incredible how much this whole these whole records and this song in particular really place you in that space. Yeah. I, it was lovely listening to it with headphones. I also put it on like some nice speakers mm-hmm. and had the window open and it was like a beautiful, <laughs> cooler fall day today and yesterday here in California. And it just fit the environment and the mood so well is just peaceful and beautiful and amazing. And there's so much depth in her lyricism. I really, I just really love these records. They're amazing. These albums, most of these songs on songs were written specifically for this and written at that cabin at the time. Pretty much all of the album is about uh, a relationship that recently ended Uh, her relationship with the indie musician Indigo Spark, who I don't know anything about, but um, that's who all these songs are about. Huh. I didn't know that. Uh, So I don't know who she is. I don't know who Indigo Spark is, but that's apparently uh, she had a relationship that ended early this year at some point. And a lot of these songs, like you'll notice that on instrumentals, one of the songs is Music for Indigo. Uh, she's mentioned by name in the lead single of the of songs, which is anything. This one, Zombie Girl, is just heartbreaking and beautiful, and is very clearly about the aftermath of a relationship. It opens up with this scene. What a dream that was. I almost couldn't wake because I was frozen in bed with a zombie girl, vacant as a closed down fair. Sleep paralysis, sworn I could have felt you there, and I almost could have kissed your hair, but the emptiness withdrew me from any kind of wishful prayer. It's sort of that, like, you wake up from being asleep and you, for a moment, you can't remember if certain things are real or not. And in this case, it's almost as if you don't, you forget that you have broken up with this person and you it, you think that you're waking up beside them. Um, but it's sort of this empty... Uh, echo of them rather than their their <laughs> their real self next to you I sworn I could have felt you there and I almost could have kissed your hair but the emptiness withdrew me from any kind of wishful prayer oh, emptiness the idea that she pursues through the song 
Um, there's a quote from her about the song specifically. She says, there's a fullness that happens when someone is focused on you. For me, if I'm being fully looked at and paid attention to and seen, I'm filled up by that. Now, there isn't anyone to text. There are no love messages coming through. I feel so empty. There's a song on the new record, Zombie Girl, and the refrain is, emptiness, tell me about your nature. That's a real question. I want to understand, what is this feeling of emptiness? Is that me? Am I just hollow and empty? Or is emptiness actually something beautiful? That's profound. And... The lyrics exploring that idea with like trying to find ways to cover and fill that emptiness with questions and explanations and with notably music she sings on this song. Um, by the way, if you want to look at the lyrics, um, they are, you know, online on the lyrics websites, but a lot of them are, are some of the things are mistaken and they're not on Bandcamp, but they are on her personal website. So if you go to adrianlanker.com slash lyrics.html, uh, you can see all the lyrics from from this album and her 2018 album, Abyscus. I just think her songwriting, and I, 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 I feel like I don't want to, there's, I don't need to talk about it. Just listen to this, to any of her songs. It just is so uh, incredible how it feels so intuitive and so full of intent at the same time. I was reading through, there's a New Yorker profile that came out uh, at the beginning of this month. And there's a bunch of quotes from people in her band and Jeff Tweedy of Wilco about her and her songwriting. And every single one of those is a unique way of just trying to describe what she does. And every single one is, is so correct and beautiful. Something that I really like is from the bassist of Big Thief. He says, uh, he's talking about her playing guitar. He says, it's always this instrument of witchcraft. It's always holy. I love that quote as those two sentences together saying, it's an instrument of witchcraft. It's always holy. Those referring to the same thing. It's both like holy and black magic. Everything just feels like uh, an honest spirit uh, coming through. Understanding everything that I'd said to about emptiness. Telling me about your nature, maybe I've been getting you wrong. I cover you with questions, cover you with explanations. I want to mention the specific thing that pushed me over the edge picking this song over Not A Lot Just Forever, which is a beautiful song, as every single song on this album is. But specifically the thing that made me pick this was the last line of this song, which is that what's on your mind, which is, you know, weighted in a lot of things with uh, that, that have been hinted at in the rest of the song. I cover you with questions, cover you with explanations. But it's also weighted on the, you know, think of you are someone else with Adrian Lanker and you're asking what's on your mind. And for her, the answer is, you know, this this woman that I've, I've broken up with, like the, this this presence is always with her. And the way that she sings it, it um, just rises from the ether. I don't know. <laughs> so many just like I just want to stuff in as many mystical words as I can. But the way that it sort of appears and uh, drifts up is just so gorgeous. And it it breaks out of that 
without feeling like there was even anything to break out of, but still feeling like a release. What's on your mind? What's on your mind? What's on your mind? Okay, let me collect myself for a moment, and then I will ask Gabe, what's your new song this week? How'd you find it? Did you just dig it up? You, you, you found it with your connections, your crate digger, mm-hmm. you just discovered it? Yeah, so as our listeners may know, I am a connoisseur and huge fan of the label Lame-O Records based out of yeah. Philadelphia. Um, and a new release off that label, which I think is wonderful, is the record Embroidered Foliage by the band No Thank You. This song is titled Airport. Yeah, so just to clarify for any new listeners or people that didn't quite catch my sarcasm or didn't get the drift that Andrew was setting out very explicitly, yes, Andrew did say, hey, Gabe, you should listen to this album. And I was like, okay, and then I didn't listen to it until this morning on Sunday. That's today that I'm recording, that we're recording this. And I was like, huh, this is something I'm going to bring. <laughs> yeah. Should have listened to it earlier. I have uh, this has happened before. Like I think there's some there's some other album album where I was like I recommended this to you, but I do want to say back in February or whatever you recommended to me Ben Saratan's record. So I have a lot of you know I'm just sort of making that up to you. Listen, I think it's lovely that we're able to share music. That is really the fundamental point of this podcast. <laughs> it really is. So no, thank you. Um, is three people. The songwriter and kind of band leader and um, primary driving creative force of the band is Katie Della Monica. That's Katie spelled K-A-Y-T-E-E. And she works with Evan Bernard and Nick Holdorf. Um, they're based out of, yeah, the Philadelphia area, of course, because Limo is a Philly label. Um, and the songs of this record were apparently mostly written in like a West Philly apartment on an acoustic guitar, which... Makes a lot of sense. Feels right. Um, this album, Andrew, is so musically diverse. Most of the songs are fairly short, but they I feel like the band hits a bunch of different styles on their way through this album. Yeah. Punkier things and more like classic indie rock and like slower, more ambient. And like it like sort of touches on like metally influences in this song a little bit which i think is very cool and the lyricism is poignant and at times a little bit hilarious like i think this song is like it's funny to me at times like this is like great like the idea of you losing like writing a song about you losing your luggage or the airline losing your luggage and being stuck at the airport (laughs) is 
so down to earth and relatable and just the way it's described it's like so matter of fact um yeah i do i i was you know keeping up with the single releases from this album because i follow lamo on twitter and they tweet about it obviously and i do remember listening i remember like the first one that i listened to was like oh wow this is great i can't wait for this album and then i listened i heard the next one and i was like i actually don't really like this song that much yeah and then i, then I listened to the album I was like oh okay i get it now it's just like there's all this stuff and it's all great but in a lot of different ways and some of it some of it just vibes with me and some of it doesn't quite do it for me but it's all great and unified when you hear the whole album and hear the whole diversity of it you can then start making the links between it absolutely um there's a solid interview she did with um american songwriter uh, and she describes the emotions that drive the record are anger and revenge (laughs) <laughs> Which is also a pretty hilarious fit into losing your luggage at the airport. Um, the oh, the line, just the first verse of the song is, Shake off the shame, girl. It's time to let go of the garbage you call luggage at the baggage claim window. Which is just great use of, like, repeated... It's not rhyming? I don't know. I guess it's rhyming. But it's just, it's like udge yeah. words. Um, udge words, yes. Udge words. Yeah, I think that's, well, I mean, that's a classic sort of type of rhyming udge words. I think that was sort of, was that uh, Tennyson who came up with that sort of style, udge words? Yeah, I don't know anything about anything, so don't ask me. There's some other great songs in this album. Letter Writing Contest is another like song about like anger and also like a little bit hilarious. That's the one that doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you didn't like that song at all, but I probably enjoyed this album a little bit more than you did. <laughs> for this song in particular, I like the artistic decision of going with this like slow 3/4 waltz style. Mm-hmm. Um which is also sets the song in a, like a slightly whimsical fashion, I think, just with the lilting feel of it. Yeah, it's a little like sing-songy in that way. I think three four has the that time signature has has the capacity to to do that. I think you're absolutely right. Um, but that's how it sort of transitions halfway through the song to like this big like guitar bass heavy like wall of sound with vocal harmonies and the whole thing which to me is like a little reminiscent it's not exactly but a little reminiscent of metal you know which we never bring on this podcast but this is probably the closest we'll get to that (laughs) and also ah man i love the drums on this whole album yeah Uh, i think nick holdorf is the drummer he's so good he has such a great feel and this song like matching the cymbal hits with the bass drum in a very very obvious way that's like a very intentional thing that a lot of drummers do. You want to add emphasis to your cymbal hits, so you also hit a bass drum at the same time. But something about the way that he executes it on this song makes it very prominent, those hits. Makes it sound, I don't know, I don't have a great word for it, but <laughs> I love the emphasis. <laughs>
Now, Andrew, there was other music released this week, including a couple albums that you had brought music off before these albums came <laughs> out and rendered them ineligible, which, you know, worked out for you because Adrian's record came. But um, yes. yeah, there was some great stuff this week. Yeah, let's uh, start off with the probably last for a little while sounding of the alarm. True. Keaton Henson is here. You always add like an additional thing in addition to the air horn sound that I don't think works as well. It's just the pure air horn. (laughs) But yes, Keaton Henson's album Monument came out this weekend. Uh, It's really lovely. It feels to me like... I don't really want to say a return to form because it's not like he had a bad album in the middle, but he was gone for a while and had sort of said that he was quitting this style of music. But he came back with Monument and it sounds, you know, it sounds like he could have put it out uh, when he was putting out his other albums and not at all in a bad way. Um, Andrew, also, this is the kit put out their mm. record Off Off On, which I found to be wonderful and... um. Yeah, Was Magician is, I think, representative of what the whole album sounds like in a really good way. Yeah, I was really impressed with this album because uh, Was Magician was the only single that I'd listened to off of it. Um, this is really, really excellent. It was I, I was very impressed by it. Gabe, you mentioned the Mountain Goats album earlier, and uh, that's entitled Getting Into Knives. I'm not a huge Mountain Goats buff. Like, I like them, but you know i know a lot of people who are huge into the mountain goats they just that was just never never happened for me i just never like listened to them that much i think this album is really great i don't have much to say for it in the context of their other music but i found i was gonna say the second half but really the second two-thirds of this album that i was just like constantly opening up opening up the like app again looking at what the song was entitled liking it and then going back and then it would happen again for the next song I also enjoyed that record. Andrew, we've talked quite a bit about like desert rock on this podcast and more and more, there's just more, I like the amount of incredible like rock and blues music coming out of like Northwest Africa right now is remarkable. And the latest release from that area is uh, from a band called Songhoi Blues. The record's called Optimisma. I assume I don't really know how to pronounce that. Um, and it's amazing. I think it's Optim oh. is Ma. Their mother's name is Optim. It's it, the last letter's an E. Well, then it's Optim is me, isn't it? Their name oh is Optim. Oh, or wait, what if it's what if it's a quote from like they were? It's like they were. They, I don't know. There's something they were doing with a group, and they were like reading out names. And it was Tim who was reading out the names. Um, yeah, I'm going to make you edit this got podcast. To, he got to like someone else and he was like, and this is for you, Tim. And he was like, oh, Tim is me. <laughs> Stupid. You want to tell our listeners about another good record, Andrew? I do. I really loved uh, the self-titled album from Girlhood. It was recommended by Hanif Abdurakib, who I turn to for a lot of good music recs. It's one of those hard to pin down genre wise albums that's, you know, 
indie and has a lot of sort of R&B influence and stuff. It's really excellent. You should check it out. Ella Minus or Ella Minus? Unclear. Elaminus. Uh, uh, like a strange electronic uh, revolution record uh, titled Acts of Rebellion that I found to be very, very good. Good folky indie record from Laura Veers entitled My Echo. I feel like we talked about that as, or like one of the singles or something on this podcast before. Yeah, we must have. But it's it's really nice. Um, very politically conscious folk from Ray Saragossa. That was an uh, amazing album. Really good. Really recommend it. And then another self-titled album from... God, I've never known how to say this man's name. Sam Amiden? I don't know how to say his name. No idea. He's such like a huge folk musician that everyone knows, and I've never known how to say his name. Sam Amiden? I'm going to go with that. A-M-I-D-O-N. Uh, self-titled. It's nice. It's very him in that it's like very much traditional folk and then rendered in this experimental-esque style. Just sort of this... It. it, it it sort of gets to like the soul of folk while not sounding like Pete Seeger, but it has like that, the roots of it. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's a good album. And then four major releases came out this week that I just want to quickly mention. The Gorillas Song Machine was compiled into an album dropped this week. Bruce Springsteen put out a new record called Letter to You. Um, Jeff Tweedy of Wilco put out his latest solo release titled Love is the King. And then um, hip-hop duo Clipping put out a new record, Visions of Bodies Being Burned. Um, I featured a song from Clipping, I think, in June. Um, one other thing that I just want to mention, single from the newly announced upcoming album, third album from Julian Baker, which I am very excited about. This song is called Faith Healer. And the album as a whole, rather than a standard sort of like blurb press release kind of thing released with the album, is uh, it's a little, it's a short essay about Julian Baker by Hanif Abdurraqib, who I just mentioned as <laughs> recommending Girlhood. Uh, he's great. He also has a great, oh man. If, Gabe, if, have you read his essay about um, Hurt Less? No, I haven't. You should read it it's beautiful and sad um he loves julian baker we all love julian baker so i'm i'm very much looking forward to that i think that comes out in february so plenty of time to get hype for more sad music and on that note we shall conclude our show for the week you can follow us on twitter at fresh pressed pod you can find a spotify playlist of uh the music that we feature on this show we leave that link in the show notes We'll next be back on November 3rd. Um, yeah, we'll be the only thing that's happening that day, so you should look out for that podcast. Um, yes, more tunes and more grooves then. <laughs> but for now, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you have been listening to Fresh Pressed. Fresh Pressed.